Welcome to a bonus episode of It's Not That Deep, which we've actually titled Why Do We Grieve Differently? And we've done that because in light of what's recently happened with the Queen's passing, um, it seemed like a really appropriate topic and um, both Adrian and I are experiencing, um, well, we're we're sharing in our clients' experiences of of what's happening. And it felt really relevant, didn't it, Adrian? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we don't normally link things to current affairs, but this does seem really important. And what I'm noticing with my clients is that it's showing up in in a number of different ways. And... um, and, and then there's a lot of media around uh, how people are engaging with uh, the loss of the Queen. So uh, it seemed like a, a good time to, to really think about why it is we grieve differently and what impact it might be having for different people. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, some people might think because people are having quite conflicting um, reactions to what's happened... Um, that maybe we're jumping on the bandwagon. But of course, your special your specialism, I can't even say that word, sorry. Your specialism is around grief and loss. And I feel really passionately about it, it being a subject that we try and avoid like the plague. And of course, our last episode that we released was about avoiding discomfort. Um, because it is the one certainty, isn't it? You know, that we're going to experience loss of people we care and love um, and people we don't even know that we have this affinity with, as has been proven here, but also our own mortality too. And it's just one of those subjects that's so uncomfortable, we don't like to talk about it, um, and yet, you know, it seems... Well, we have to this week, don't we? I think I think we do, and I think you're right that that there's there's any number of things that get triggered for people at a time like this, and one of those is about our own mortality. Um, but and certainly for my clients, particularly the ones who are coming because of a bereavement, um, that 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 for some of them has has stirred things up mm. quite a lot. One of them talked about the news. Um, stirring the pot of his grief mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was really powerful you know um, particularly for clients who are coming in order to work through the loss of, a, of their mother or a grandmother. Yes because she has such that significance doesn't she as this kind of head of state and you know in that and she is a mother and grandmother, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And and also, uh, you know, it can be seen in, in, that, in that role of sort of mother or grandmother of the nation as well. So um, I think I think for, for some of my clients, that's been that's been really triggering. Yeah. And like a parent, particularly a parent, I suppose, she's been an ever present. And in most people's lives, when the loss of their parent affects them so badly because they've always been there they didn't come in at some point in their life in most cases they've always been there so and it feels a bit like that too to lots of people doesn't it that this kind of the change you know we've discussed in another podcast about change and not liking change not liking discomfort and this seems to bring all those things together at once it really does well if you think about it on the throne for 70 years so there are there are only a few people who will remember a time before her. So that sense of ever-present. And it, it's something that, that we might call in therapy sedimented beliefs, um, jargon alert, uh, which, which is... Which, so sedimented beliefs are beliefs that we don't that we don't think about consciously they are just they're just there they are they are our ways of being and for for something like the queen um if you think about 
uh, that kind of ever presence that you mentioned. You know, she's on the money, she's on coins and notes, she's on stamps. Um, you mentioned post boxes. Yeah, though. absolutely. Po- think about e- that. E2R on post boxes. Yeah. All the Royal Mail vans have E2R, you know, mm-hmm. on them. There's, so there are all these subliminal messages around the world, around our world, that suggest that there is a permanence to the Queen. Yeah. And of course, the point about a monarchy rather than elected presidents or heads of state is that sense of permanence. Yeah. And so it feels really destabilising when when that rug is pulled out, when, when all of a sudden that permanent thing is no longer well there. Yeah. And and, and I think when a ninety six year old person passes away, there's not usually quite as much shock as there has been around the Queen. Um I've had people say to me and clients say to me, I just can't believe it. I can't believe it. Uh, we're in normal circumstances. We if we zoom out a bit on that, we would believe that someone of ninety six but as you say, her significance, her ever presence, all this other stuff comes together to kind of we sort of don't want to believe it. I think that's what I get the sense of, that, you know, it's, it's too much change. It's too much disruptive. And um, it's a huge change, disruption. right? Even even over what we think of as sort of small things, but now we're talking about a king, and yeah. that's not happened in a lifetime. You know, hearing the national anthem yeah. sung with the, with the wrong yeah. gender, that, you yeah. know... It, it it feels it feels odd, right? But so that certainty is no longer there, and mm. that and that rocks us. I think it rocks a lot of people. Yeah, there was there was certainly that sense of 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 rocking in the people that that I've spoken to, um, and of course we can just see the significant numbers of people that are kind of coming out to to pay their respects um, or, you know, just doing their own thing to, to make um, tribute to the Queen. Yeah. So there has also been kind of the opposite kind of reaction as well, hasn't there? And, yes. And that... people not understanding it. And perhaps people, imagine your parent or grandparent died on that same day. You know, the way you might be viewing that might be vastly different um, yeah. and not people might not understand why about this person we've never met there might be some you know reverence to that when actually it's not like a a real parent or a grandparent that we've loved and known um and i've seen some of that as well yeah absolutely that sense of that kind of polarizing of opinion that Mm. that we get in these sorts of situations and i think i think you're right that particularly for people who who are losing someone at the same time or who have funerals planned for Monday which are now cancelled oh, and yeah. so there's there's so there's a lot of other stuff around right a- along with you know some people I'd have had some clients sort of say she lived till she was 96 and my mum didn't get that right. you know so a, a sort of an, an anger towards towards that and all of that of course is really natural mm. And understandable. Yeah, and there's no right or wrong way that this is supposed to be. You know, we all have very different views on it, very different reactions to it. But there does seem to have been a little bit of intolerance, Mm. um, as seems to be the way of things, unfortunately, more and more these days. I think, you know, the internet plays a big part in that, and social media, because you do get put in these silos of people that sort of agree with you 
um, and you get fed more content that seems to align with your views. And then when you see someone else kind of outside of that, even though they're in their own silo with loads of other people agreeing with them, it suddenly brings this clash. Where's the sort of understanding and tolerance around this stuff gone? And that that is... um it, it's a it's a psychological imperative, right? Obviously, one we can work at overcoming, but it's a it's a natural thing that we we group people um, like us or not like us, and that we automatically from that um, ascribe. Um, better or worse to that okay so there's a there's a right or wrong there's a absolutely mine is right yours is wrong there's an there's a there's an experiment um where uh people were shown two pictures and were told that they were put in two groups the people who preferred when i did it was a kandinsky versus a klimt okay so whichever one they preferred um and very quickly then um that were given other tasks to do which was about assigning money Right. So if you were in the Kandinsky group, you were given um, a, a sliding scale. You could award yourself money from nothing to, say, 40 quid. Right. Mm-hmm. In assigning yourself some money, you were also signing the other group some money. Right. right? Um, and, and and it started off. Um, they were also getting nothing and then they got less than you until a certain point and when you were giving yourself if you gave yourself the maximum 40 pounds you were giving you would be automatically giving the other group 100 pounds and what happened was most people picked to give themselves the amount where the largest amount where they were still getting more than the other group even though they could have given themselves more so there's that sense of my group is better and more worthwhile so the whole of our group benefits yes then. right okay. yes yeah. and, and to the to the detriment of the other group just because we're in a separate group yeah. and it's a them and us yeah. kind of thing it's yeah. amazing isn't it's, it's, it? it's really it's really incredible of course we see it in football we see it in politics we see it you know exactly. all these kind of things yes that we can't you know that it's really hard to sit back and just go oh that's interesting that's different yeah you think, think differently yeah I, I i personally might find it hard to, for, for a football team that i don't like to go yeah they actually played really well no i would say that i would but i get i get that yeah. sense of that it's my team so i yeah and and i and has that has that changed over the years or is it quite it's quite a deep-seated human behavior it's a deep-seated human behavior but i think you're right that things like social media and the algorithms you know um encourage it right because it helps elections absolutely yes yeah and conflict sells right so different cells you know in the same way that we we wouldn't watch we wouldn't watch a soap where everybody just got on and had a lovely time. You know, there needs to be some conflict. Yeah. So, so that's that's quite a human a human desire. So, this sense then of of what we kind of talk about stepping back and looking at the lens through which we might be viewing this current situation, yeah, um, may not be the only one that exists or the right one. Or you know, and we we obviously spoke about that in our in our episode. A couple of weeks ago didn't we yeah yeah um, that thing about and it's so powerful that thing about just because i think or believe something it doesn't make it right and to yeah. and to hold that thought yeah. it's really hard but to hold that is 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 really powerful and i think it's almost like it doesn't make it wrong either no but it's that, that there could be 20 different versions of how we're dealing with this situation mm. or more all of which are fine yeah and and 
as humans, it would be really nice if we could just go, I'm going to deal with it this way, and you deal with it your way. As my son would say, you do you, you know, but in a positive way, yeah. in a friendly, tolerant, compassionate way. Um, you know, I kind of got this sense on Thursday and Friday of a coming together of the nation. But since then, and over the weekend, there was some ruckus and, you know, some stuff went on um, that's kind of felt it all fracturing again. And and this sense of disharmony yeah. of something that actually, can't we all just go, it's okay. And, and, it, and for all of us, it's going to be a bit destabilising. Even those of us... Um, who may not be a royalist, may have no kind of allegiance to the monarchy or whatever, it's still going to cause change in life and any changes m- make that sense of discomfort that we talk about. Yes, they? yeah, absolutely. This, you know, this is not one of those situations where there is a right answer, mm. you know, and, and Susie Dent, um, who's the uh, lexicographer who, who uh, works on a countdown mm. um she posts a word of the day oh, and the other day it was soul which i think is how we say that and her definition of that was was a forbearance of the of the opinions of others yeah. you know and 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 you're right just sort of stepping back and and allowing that other people are going to respond differently to that and that's, that's okay, okay. We, we, that that's allowed mm. you know that we don't have a monopoly on one way of being in this situation yeah and it draws on a lot of the stuff that we've explored previously like how do we do that if we're in it if we're in our own grief or our own anger or our own kind of I don't know dislike of the monarchy whatever the, the viewpoint might be it, it we we feel like we're in it often don't we especially yes. if there's some kind of emotive response so it's what we've been exploring over um probably every podcast we ever release is that ability to kind of step back to zoom out to to recognize that this could be just a kind of human reaction and actually you know when we zoom out and look at the bigger picture just aware of the drilling that started outside it's, it's just gas border around ah, drilling drilling in the road um that actually this zooming out and recognizing this is my way and i have every right in the world to hold my way and to, to behave in this way as long as it's not harmful to others um but these people can also have their way and that's okay you know and there's space for both yeah um and not just both, but any, any variety of how of how we want to be, you know that it's so powerful. Can can we zoom out and and be an observer rather than needing to to really be in yeah. the mix, right? Because you're right. We we will feel how we feel, and and that's fine. Accepting that for ourselves and accepting that other people will be different and how they feel is appropriate for them yeah i think that's a really key lesson from this and you know we want some kindness and compassion Mm. for the world surely all of us actually would prefer to live in a world that has less conflict um and i think also another kind of learning from this whole process is around the 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 recognition of the impermanence of things you know it's it's again one of those uncomfortable um because we, we love to control and, and, and predict and think we have this sense of being able to manage what's going to happen. And something like this just proves to us that we can't. And actually, the more we can let go of 
that yes. wanting, the, the yes. kind of easier or the more ease we can have in our lives. Yes, absolutely. That thing you and I say so often about in, in so many situations, the only thing we have control over is how we respond, respond to a situation. We don't have control over the situation. Yeah. 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 So, and I, th- but I think, and this is one of the things that came up in teaching this week, um, is it's not just all we just have to accept. Because acceptance is massive, but it's acceptance plus, isn't it? Yes. So what would be helpful? You know, this is how things are. And knowing that is really good to be aware of how I'm feeling, what's happening, how I'm responding. But how might I support myself? Yes, exactly. What might be helpful behaviours that I can employ? Or what might I need to do or not do um, that's going to support me too? Yes, Um, yeah, that showing compassion to ourselves and others, mm. taking that moment to think what will support me. Yeah. Which might be turning the telly off. It might be going to London and joining joining the queue. It might be, you know, it, there's all sorts, of, and, and there's a hundred things in between those two, mm-hmm. right? And I think being aware that 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 we might have, that for lots of people, have been triggered in a way that they weren't necessarily expecting for this, yeah. and allowing that that's possible for them as well. Yeah, and to not need to avoid the discomfort, yeah. not need to push it away or to distract ourselves but actually what's it like to explore our feelings and validate them and let them be and feel vulnerable or feel into the feels yes yeah yeah, yeah. oh I think it's been really useful to have this conversation I it always I always learn something from you anyway so um, it's lovely to just kind of process it in this way I yeah. hope it's helpful for others absolutely yes thank you You've been listening to It's Not That Deep with Adrienne Kirk and Lucy Woods. If you've enjoyed listening, then why not subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any future episodes?